The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after show. The after show! See how ridiculous that sounds? I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Well, Barry, I don't know if you can hit the high notes no. the way Jonathan can. No, you know, my, my balls dropped a long time ago. <laughs> so this is uh, Wednesday on the after show. I'm, uh, I'm happy to say I, I think that we did a really good job on the big show. I yeah. think Dave uh, is proud of us. He'll still find something. To, He'll find something, but that's his way. That's his way of saying, yeah. you know what? Good job, guys. Also, probably the second... Maybe the third largest studio audience in the history of the show showing up when he's not here. I'm, I think that's a ringing endorsement for him to take more time off. Or people showed up to watch train wreck. Train wreck. It's like an accident. You slow down. <laughs> well, they the were other, dis- the other, that's what they showed up for. They were sorely disappointed. They, the other day I slowed down because there was an accident because I wanted to see carnage. They were here today to see the carnage. You're a and rubbernecker. We, and we uh, disappointed them. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that about you. <laughs> rubbernecker? Uh, so in uh, the spirit of the regular show, there were some questions that weren't necessarily directly related to cigars and their performance, but they'll fit in the similar vein of what we had going on for the big show. And I thought maybe we could uh, have uh, some candid discussion on mm. a couple more Ooh. emails Speaking of off-topic, wouldn't it be fun to get listeners to write in with personal questions for each of us <laughs> and do an after-show based on that? Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, Ed Sullivan. They, they've got questions about you. I get out and about, you know. I, There's a I lot bet of you questions do. about you. I yeah. bet you do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll Ed, put that on hold. Ed met my fan while he was at the uh, TPE. <laughs> Ed Santa Maria did. He sent really? me a text and said he met my fan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so maybe if I'm ever out in California, I can uh, say hi to this dude. So anyways, without further ado, Michael writes in. Probably say more than hi to him if you played your cards right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm ignoring you. Anyway, Michael writes <laughs> in. Michael writes in. Hey, guys. I ran across your podcast on YouTube a few months ago and can't get enough. I'm now a Care Package Prime member and listen to the new episodes live, but I have a lot of catching up to do, and I'm trying to make it back through your archive videos. We say this every time. Big mistake. Huge. I recently watched the August 10th, 2019 episode, The Big Are Getting Smaller. Based on that show, my question is this. If you were starting a new cigar company tomorrow, what would your strategy be? Would you try to create a loyal following like Davidoff and Padron? Or continue to innovate and keep the customers coming back with different blends. 
My thought process on this is if your customer switched from a prior loyalty, then they likely switched because they wanted something new. Do you bet on them continuing to want fresh ideas or bet on the fact that they are searching for the same box for the next 20 years cigar? That's the first part of his email, so I think we should address that now. I, I think you got a challenge from the get-go because you really, if you're starting a cigar store today, you need a, a lot of money for inventory. I don't think he's saying it, cigar store. I think he's saying brand. Yeah, if you're well, starting a you, brand, you, you might, might as well, well not throw the money in the fireplace because whatever you came out with today would cease to exist in a couple of months. Well, I gave uh, this, Unless we get the uh, Hail Mary. <clears throat> I don't think we're going to get the Hail Mary, but... I think that the big key is going to be you need to buy 18 SKUs. And here's my thought process. You want two different varieties of mild, medium, and full, mm-hmm. each with a Robusto, a Toro, and a 6x60. Nine SKUs you get made by Jose Dominguez in the Dominican Republic, and nine SKUs you have made by Aganorsa in Nicaragua. By doing this, you have... Two companies that aren't going anywhere. You have access to virtually unlimited SKUs for sale, I believe. And you have a shot now. You've hedged your bets. If either of those companies get bought out, you have production in another facility. Right. And but yeah, you've you got a fighting put, shot. You don't want to put your eggs in, in one basket. But you got to take the current marketplace into consideration. If you ask this question a decade to two decades ago, it would be to kind of mimic the Davidoff Padron mentality. But the market has changed so much. And, you know, I'm not in the stores. I, I work in mail order. So I, I see a different type of customer that's always looking for what's new. You know, they might be buying their Davidoffs and their Padrones at their local brick and mortar, which they should be doing. You should always support your local brick and mortar. But the loyal customer, in my experience, doesn't exist anymore. See, and I have the opposite experience. I'm dealing with people who have fairly recent disposable income. They're looking for an exceptional value, and they're looking to save money buying by the box. So the guy will come in, and he'll buy his regular box of let's say, Aganorsa, Connecticut that we smoked last week. And he wants to try a couple of things that maybe are directly in his wheelhouse and maybe that push the envelope a little bit. So I have found that guys that were buying boxes of the Aganorsa are now on to the new cigar of the year, the Nesta Miranda Special Selection. It's not that much of a departure strength-wise. It's a little fuller flavored. And happens to have the three SKUs that I mentioned, Robusto, Toro, and 6x60. And I think that's the reason why all of a sudden at Two Guys Smoke Shop, Nesta Miranda stuff is taking off because the two new lines that we carry by him are following that model. Now, to go back to the beginning of this, you're saying go out and buy a dead brand from somebody. So you're Something that's predicated, yes. Do we even know what what those are going for these days? Have you heard any numbers? Listen, he didn't say anything about money, so I'm assuming that money is no object. Right. But I think it's going to cost you where it used to be a few thousand dollars to be able to get in the cigar industry. I think you're going to be upwards of a hundred thousand to get your foot in the door. Yeah. 
And then you've got a challenge. Even if you make great cigars, you've got a big challenge in front of you to get those into the marketplace. Correct. Yeah, I think it's going to cost more because I think it's going to cost you just that for the SKUs. And then you got to invest in all the cigars being made. you got to invest in the labels. you got to invest in the, the box. To a degree, you might even have to invest in a little bit of advertising. Even if it's not traditional advertising, you know, embrace the bloggers. Um, if you could do the social media yourself, great, do the social media yourself. Uh, but I think it's going to be a, a like, it's going to be double than 100 grand. All right. Well, let's say you start off with a million dollars. I think you could pull it off then for a million dollars. You'd have your inventory squared away. You're going to end up having to go to a couple of trade shows. I think you got to go to the PCA and you got to go to TPE and catch people on both sides of their buying cycle. And uh, that would be that would be my strategy. This would have to be something that you love to do and you could afford to lose the money. You know, if I had a million dollars to invest, that's not a good place to put it. Which is the perfect example of our, our sponsor, Skip. You know, he had the money to take the gamble, and it wouldn't have been the end of the world if the gamble failed. Um, but, you know, he went to what the current consumer is. People aren't really chasing the core lines. I mean, the fanboys and the people that love the brand are still smoking at the core lines, but they want the craft. They want the the LH. They want all the limited edition SKUs. So it's, but hard, I, that to, doesn't, that it's doesn't, hard to develop that loyal customer. I don't disagree with you in that respect, but the guy that buys boxes of skip stuff buy boxes of skip stuff. That's, that's uh, the fanboy guys are the guys that are buying one here, one there, and they're sitting on it for a little while and maybe they're trading to get it. The, the, if, if it's me and I'm looking to start a company, I'm looking to have a box friendly price, which is going to be in that, in a non-tax state, in that 120 to 150 range, that's the golden spot. So you're looking at seven, eight dollar cigars, and you've got to be able to offer an exceptional value. And I do think that it's a mistake to not have mild, medium, and full-bodied offerings. Yep. And you, with all of this, you still are back to the inventory problem. You've got to be able to hold some inventory for distribution. Yep. That's correct. And, and is mild, medium, full really the right way to go in the beginning? Because you're, in, in a sense, you're not really all over the place. It's a place where you eventually need to get. I'm just but saying that the beginning, lean. shouldn't you focus on one over the other? You know, once again, let's use Romacraft as an example. It was the knuckle dragger, Cro-Magnon. And then later on, they came out with the Intemperance Connecticut, and they started to diversify from the kick-you-in-the-nuts cigar to the cigar that's milder. Not mild, but milder. I think it's a mistake to not have a mild offering since I, 80%. You, you're I looking, agree, but you're I don't think a, you, You're looking to capture box buyers. You've got to have boxes in their flavor profile. I, I agree, but I think when you get your foot in the door and you develop the brand, you got to develop on one thing and then branch out. And if again, have, this if is- If you have three offerings right in the beginning, it's confusing, at least in my opinion. I don't. I think it's less confusing, and I think that using the model that Pernomo has of having a slightly wider box, so you can capture that shelf space yeah. and hit your thirty-six inches. Shelf talkers built in with the flavor profiles, mm-hmm. creating that silent salesman, and I think you got to have the price on the box. That's something that I would have right out of the gate. But in the beginning, he didn't have across the board. I mean, you had the he didn't, but he learned from his mistakes. Right, so grew, I would learn from guys he, like Perdomo. As he started to pull customers in, he grew and he pulled in even right. more customers. Yeah, and 
you know, another challenge is you really have to hit the lower price range of the market. Yes. You know, if you come out today with yes. a high price yep. cigar that nobody's heard of, you're going nowhere. It's very tough. So, you know, even with all of that investment, you're not going to see a big return for a very long time. So, Michael continues, if existing companies focused on the latter, which is uh, coming out with something that the guy's going to smoke for 20 years, then... Uh, then that could be where the little guys are stealing up the market share for now. As an accountant, I do understand the large quantities of inventory concerns, and with such limited space, I think this is a decision that has to be made for all companies. Will they continue to be successful if they don't continue the innovation and try to focus on already successful brands? Or is the risk of losing existing customers too great to dedicate large inventory quantities on uh, to innovative ideas? Love the show, and I'm glad you, I will be getting to experience it every week as long as you guys will continue. Thanks for doing what you're doing, Michael. Uh, I think that it's a mistake to do to focus on one-offs as the core part of your brand. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to look at companies like Perdomo and Padrone mm-hmm. and Davidoff, uh, and at, honestly, a little bit less on the Davidoff side because they come out with entirely too many limited editions and i don't think the customer believes that davidoff is releasing something new i believe that everybody now believes that they're just cycling old product they shot themselves in the foot big time in my opinion now maybe that's just our listeners that know because we talked about it but i think that the companies that focus on their core lines are the companies that have the shot at being successful i think you need a balance of both i mean I can only think of one company that's constantly made it on a, on a limited edition, and you can argue how much they've made it. But, you know, Viaje went to that limited. Everything's like a limited run. There's no core line. I don't know. Maybe the core line came back or whatever. But you need a balance because if you, if you have, the, if you have the, the, the three different wrappers, the Connecticut, the Sun Grown, the Maduro, to keep a continued in, interest, if you were allowed to with FDA, I think – once a year limited edition, be it a limited edition size or a limited edition uh, ramp up or ramp down of a brand, look of at, a blend rather. Look at Christian Aroa, who did a great job of focusing on his core stuff. Mm-hmm. He's come out with a couple of limited editions, and he certainly has access to great tobaccos. Right. And compared to his core line, his limited edition stuff is a failure. His regular core stuff sells well. It sells by the box. He's got wide boxes he's taken up some shelf space he's got built-in pos essentially point of sale in those boxes and with his brand asylum same thing he's taken up real estate he's built that brand not a whole lot of limited edition stuff and when it does come out it doesn't shine like his regular core stuff does because i i don't think that the rower brand is built around that even like the aladino uh line he just did the uh the limited edition number four uh cuban heritage next year will be a different one i don't think that customer is so much looking for the limited edition as ver- say the roma craft tatuaje guy there's uh, no well if you're looking at aladino drew estate aladino corojo reserve is the exact same customer that's looking for the limited edition on skip stuff except this is just limited quantities I don't know. I think there's more. I, I, I don't I like smoking. agree with that. I'm just, I don't want to really expand on it because I don't think it's going to come out the right way. Uh, chicken. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I think, I, and well, I see it, I see it. I don't know what you see in mail order, but I see it on the daily. The guys that are looking for that fuller-bodied experience, they're looking for something special. They grab a handful of the Aladino Corojo Reserve, and they'll go over into, to the cabinet that has skip stuff, and they'll grab a couple of the LHs, or they'll grab a Neanderthal, mm-hmm. and they get their regular box of whatever they're smoking. Yeah, and but see- And usually it's a lower pro- price point under that 150 mm-hmm. benchmark. Right. That's but, what they're smoking by the box. But that limited edition is still- stirring up their interest a little bit more it, it's you know, like you know i gotta go get that it's a tool for me to say hey this is a limited run you should try right. it before it runs out and it's a tool for the manufacturer as well i think there needs to be a balance i think 90 percent of your brand should be a core line and then 10 percent, or maybe even a little bit less of a limited production or a limited edition just something to keep it fresh keep it interesting you know we argue all the time the worst question to ask is what's new it should be what's good but unfortunately, the mentality of a lot of consumers, and I'm even guilty of it, is if it's new, I got to try it. Uh, see, and I think that that is created by the sales staff on the sales floor saying to the customer, listen, this is new. You should try this. Have you seen the Nesta Miranda special selection? The answer is no. You've got to try this. This is in your wheelhouse. And you're creating that mentality of, okay, it's time to try something new. So to bring this back full circle, the, the people that we have now spoken to Nesta Miranda, our cigar of the year, the only authentic cigar of the year, um, came from Aganorsa. You know, a lot of them have stayed on Aganorsa, and now they're also on Nestor, but some of them have switched. Ah, some guys that were smoking Padron 1000 series. Uh, so next, over. Yeah, next year, what's going to happen? It's going to switch, but it's almost like Nesta Miranda now needs to come out with a limited edition and, you know, there was a rumor they're going to come out with the Rookie, which is a, uh, a perfecto shape. Uh, Nesta's nickname, um, the original line had it. But something like that would reignite the interest. It would create the wheel spinning again, and it would be a promotional tool to bring people back to the brand. I at least don't, that's I don't way disagree. I look at it. I don't disagree that if you came out with a perfecto, which I think that size is dead, that would be foolish. Yeah, I, I agree. It just, it if you came out with a limited Nestor. edition Churchill, which is the fourth best-selling size, right. that would be a better play. And, and you're going to be able to keep the price point in line with what it needs to be. Uh, but I do believe that having a little bit of something new at the end of this year, when it's not, no longer Cigar of the Year – is going to be something that'll keep the interest keep in that brand. Yes. But I don't I just don't think a perfecto is going to be the answer. No, but an offsize isn't a bad idea, right? Because you're not going to sell as many of them. So I would think even uh some smaller cigars. So if you had wrapper leaf yeah. that wasn't big enough to use on the other ones, you could go with a smaller as a limited edition. Just uh, no Corona because I don't want to get that virus. <laughs> I love Corona. <laughs> so, uh, Alex. Well, I'm good. I, I, I've taken a lot of the antibody this week for the coronavirus. <laughs> I've had a lot of Lyme with Corona. <laughs> Alex Acosta writes, um, the best way to gauge cigar construction. Hi, guys. Since Dave's away, I know this is the time to send this email. Last week, Mr. J asked for comments or questions regarding burn issues in cigars. Uh, I want to address this topic from a different angle. Have you ever found yourself lighting a cigar, uh, smoking for a few minutes, and then having to deposit your last meal in the toilet? There is nothing more disappointing than going to the bathroom for a few minutes and having to relight your cigar. However, I found that certain brands like Perdomo and Roma Craft usually stay lit when you come back from the throne. 
I do not imagine that many brands will use this as a selling point, but I think that defying time and nature should be recognized. I must say this is not an issue to which I have given one moment's thought in no, my lifetime. No, I just take the cigar in there with me. I smoke the cigar. I do my business. I watch porn on my phone. Next question. <laughs> All right. So I know of... Uh, you know a lot about defecating in cigars. <laughs> So you should answer this for sure. Well, what I will say is that the uh, cigars that he mentioned, Perdomo and Romacraft, are cigars that are made with more robust and hearty fillers that, once ignited, will tend to stay ignited. So there's where you're going to have a better burn experience after depositing yesterday's meal. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would say that the stimulation that you got from the nicotine from those more robust tobaccos could potentially be what caused said bathroom issue. Yeah, yeah I know. When, I, you're, when you're backed up, there's certain brands. There's that certain you brands smoke I go that to that better than an XLX. Correct. Hmm. Uh, and I, I have it on good authority from my buddy Nelson Alfonso, who occasionally has the same issue and says, you know what, he he likes to smoke a. Uh, Strong robusto in the morning to kind of <laughs> act as a coffee, going. so to speak. Yeah, yesterday I had a HVC 500th anniversary, which is still available at twoguyscigars.com. Shameless plug. But I was running back and forth from the store to the back room mail order. one point, I left the cigar out there for close to 15 minutes. I came out. It was still lit. I would like to call like, bullshit like on yes, that Barry was running. All right. Waddling. I'll give you waddling. <laughs> Uh, another email is, uh, hello, gentlemen. I just finished the, sh- the after show podcast for 129, which was last week. Within that episode, Dave expressed the importance to upsell the customer while presenting in a consultive manner. However, that may not work in- for in-store customers. That may work for in-store customers in New Hampshire, but could have negative consequences elsewhere in the U.S. For example, in the South, a salesman's enthusiastic or eager approach can come off as intrusive. Retailers I frequent take an almost laissez-faire approach and allow the customer to drive the transaction. By doing so, the customer feels in control and the retailer has made a sale. Please take this email as constructive insight. I do not mean to offend or harshly criticize as you know your market and customer base better than I. On a positive note, please keep up your outstanding work with the podcast as I look forward to many more in the future. Signed, Wayne M. I will, right. I will say I saw that a lot in Miami when I lived down there for a while. <clears throat> They were almost like stopping shops. And I, when I moved up here, it was different. But I think the shops of Miami are doing a disservice to the consumer by not engaging. And upselling is the wrong word, so I'm going to use the word educating, which turns into an upsell. So why I get his point, certain areas have more laid back um, demeanors. It's to me, it's a disservice to the customer. Well, certain customers have different demeanors too. Yeah, so it really is about engaging the customer. Yes. You say hi to somebody, and the guy's a little on the gruff side. You let him settle in a little bit, yeah. and maybe just have some small talk. And some customers will just flat out say, "Listen, I'm just looking." Mm-hmm. You leave that guy alone. That doesn't mean you're not going to be friendly to the next guy. Right. You're not going to take it personally. And as, to Dave's point on last week's after show, the customer needs a lighter. They need a cutter. They need butane in order to have a good smoking experience. Uh-huh. If they don't have those three things, they're going to have a poor smoking experience trying to bite the cap of the cigar and try to light it with matches later on. So 
I think that even in the South, you're doing your customer a disservice by not making sure that they have all of the tools that they need to be able to have the best experience that they can have. And one of those tools is another cigar. You smoke brand X all the time. You might really enjoy brand Y. And I would say if I worked in the South, slowly I would develop the rapport like I do here. It's not one and done with every customer. You develop the rapport. Some guys are very, very gruff when they first come Mm -hmm. in. And after a couple of months, they're saying hi. Next thing you know, they're signing up for stogie points. And they have their lighter in their cutter and their butane. And they know how to service their lighters. It's all part of that experience. And that's the only thing that we have as brick and mortar retail shops is delivering experience that you can't get elsewhere. We actually agree. And I don't know if we need to continue at this point. Let's just end on a happy note. Listen, back to fighting next week. We killed it this week. We're very proud of ourselves. (laughs) Thank you to our very, very large studio audience that came for the show. I wish they had stuck around for the after show, but uh, they they have lives. They're busy. So it is what it is. And uh, Dave will be back next week. Barry and I are going to be pushing him to give up all the details that he swore he would keep a secret. We'll we'll get him to slip up. Until then, stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.